Welcome back to another episode of Bomba Breakdown. It is August 23rd, 2020. Malcolm, this is a very good week for the Twins. Yeah, we took care of business the way we should. We finished off with the Royals and Brewers of the year, so we don't have to see them again. We don't have to mess around with that Royals bullpen anymore. And we're moving on to bigger and better things, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Um, kind of like back to what you were saying, we're going, we're moving on from the Brewers and Royals. It got very repetitive. I'll see. I'll, I have to admit, though Christian Yelich, I love watching the guy play. Seeing him come to bat three times a day, like a lot of like seven, eight times in these past couple of weeks, or however many games they play. You know, that was just that got old. And um, you know, the Twins. Um, you know, going back like four, two games here and there with the Royals, it was just. It was so – it's really good to have a change now. You know, go somewhere else, um, face different talent around the around the league. Um, but, yeah, let's let's go right – let's get right into it. So, Monday is when we made the last episode of Bomba Breakdown, but we didn't recap the game um, that night. The Twins took this one with relative ease, 4-1. to one. It wasn't really a close game. Um, on, on the bump, uh, the Twins had – it was actually an opener – uh, they had Matt Whistler, who's opened, I think, twice this year, two, two or three times now. Um, and he's just done a phenomenal job. He had two innings, three strikeouts, a walk, and then they moved on to – this is kind of seems to be what's going to happen. Whenever we have openers, it'll be a guy like Whistler or Clippard, and then they'll move on to Smelter or Thorpe for like two to three to maybe even four innings. Um, and, yeah, it was a bullpen game, and we overall just – we really did. It, it was a really It was a really good game overall. Yeah, we hit the ball fairly well. Cruz had a dinger, just like always. Sano had a double, and he was really starting to heat up there. And, yeah, the bullpen pitched well. Smeltzer went two and two-thirds, and Clippard came in, got a big out to close out that inning, and then pitched another. Duffy had probably his worst out of the year and was still scoreless. And then Trevor May was clean, and Zach Littell did not pitch well, but close it down as well as it needed to be done. It was a good win for the Twins. Take care of business against the Royals there. The lineup, we hit fairly well. No one other than Cruz was outstanding, but it was just solid through the lineup. Kind of expected, you know. Rosario had a, had a pretty good game. Um, yeah, and then the Twins, the next day, went uh, went out and they we, we faced Milwaukee. And, man, this was a this was a – Crazy game. The Twins put um, turn, turning into an ace, Kenta Maeda, under the bump. And, man, this was one of the, if not the best, pitching performance that I, in recent history, can, like, remember me actually watching, you know? He went eight innings, allowed one hit. He, he went into the night. Rocco put him in for the ninth, even though he had a lot of pitches. And he let off a lead, he let up a leadoff single to Eric Sogard, just a blooper over second base. Um, he let up, he had that Sogard ended up scoring and it was uh, eight innings, one run, one hit, two walks, 12 strikeouts. Now I've thought of Maeda as a guy who has strikeout potential, but never really just strikes out a guy who gets out easily, but he just was dialed in. It would seem to be one, two, three, every single inning, which of course it was. Yeah, he, it was crazy going to the ninth inning with a chance for no hitter. It was the closest eight twins pitchers come no hitter since Francisco Liriano threw one 10 years back. But Maeda was just lights out out there. He let up a couple walks, but they were all, like, 
close. He's no four pitch walks and that 12 strikeouts in there. He had a stretch of eight straight batters struck out, which set a twins record for most consecutive strikeouts, Yeah, yeah. which was a really fun run. He came out again the next inning, hoping to get a ninth, but instead got a grounder shortstop. Like that's a bad thing. It was a great performance. And then Taylor Rogers came in out of the bullpen after Maeda was done. Once he left that hit, he was at 115 pitches. So Rogers came in and he blew the lead, let up a couple runs, or let my the inherited runner score plus a couple runs of his own. They tied the game. At three, we went to the extras. It's our first time seeing the runner on second base rule. I was not a fan. Some people were. That yeah, it ended up helping us this game, but it's uh, it's dumb. It's dumb. Yeah, and then Hill Fieldbar came in to pitch the tenth, pitch a clean inning. Jorge Alco then came in to pitch the eleventh and twelfth, and then the bottom oh. of the twelfth, Byron Buxton got to be the runner starting on second base. After in the eleventh, the Twins managed to only send two batters in the to the plate in the inning and record three outs allowing Buxton to be the runner on yeah. second. Uh, he And he came around to score on an infield single or an infield ground out and an infield ground out. It was yeah, an exciting was, win. Yeah. Great way to close out an incredible performance from Kenta Maeda. It really stunk for him. He didn't get the win for that performance, but we all know wins are an outdated stat. Yeah. He um, knows he pitched well definitely. and everyone else does too. Yeah, exactly. Um, Maeda – he was amazing. And Taylor Rogers, um, he, he blew it. He has not looked very good this year. Um, some of it has been weak contact, like tonight or today it was like weak contact, but um, like, I don't know. It was just, he, he's not getting it done. So um, anyways, he, he, I remember, I think I heard about this on, um, on Twitter. Uh, Rogers, he like left a note in my, in Kenta's locker. And then I think he, he was going to buy him alcohol, but Kenta doesn't drink. So he left him – He it was like this gift card or something. I'm trying to remember to this. Some, like, Japanese – was it a restaurant or something like that? But he, it was like a note saying, like, I'm so sorry, man, for blowing the lead. Like, you've been a great addition to Minnesota, and I, I like, screwed up this game for you, and, like, I took something away. And, so, and it was just such a nice – it was such a good thing that, like, you know, Rogers really felt bad about it. And, again, I, I'm not going to get on Rogers for that because – I, I'm. It's very annoying that it had that come like this, but um, you know, it, it, what happens happens, and we're and, and no matter what, Kent is just glad he glad he had a great performance and overall, um, you know, bottom line, Twins won. Yeah, and then after Rogers gave him that note, Maeda Kent Maeda recorded a video. It's in Japanese, but the translation he basically said like, I don't want anyone to blame Taylor Rogers for this. I pitched great. He had a rough night, but everyone does like. It, I'm not mad at him. He's a great teammate. And it was just really sweet to see how much the players care about each other. And I really liked it. It was a good night for the Twins, too, just because it set up our pitching staff well. Rogers was the only one of our key relievers we used with Thielbar and Alcoa game the last two innings, Maeda getting eight. It allowed us to only use four pitchers while Milwaukee used eight pitchers across 11 and a third innings. So that was really nice. Yep, Definitely. Um, the next day, we came back against Milwaukee, and we did not really play that well. They just lit up our pitching staff. Rich Hill was on the mound, and he pitched two and two-thirds clean innings and just fell apart and let up four runs. Thielbar came in to get out of that inning. He pitched clean, and Thorpe came in. He let up four runs. But after that, he bulldogged, stayed in the game, and pitched till the eighth. The offense 
didn't really show up. We ended up putting up a couple in the bottom of the ninth, but it was too little too late and all around a poor performance. Yeah. Um, then this, this I think is really where like M- Miguel Sano was kind of starting to hit. Well here, I thought he really showed us a good performance. I think this is where he had that screaming double and he has just been locked in as of recent, I think last 12 games, he's batted 395. So that is, I think like in the past, he's has like in his past seven days, he has at least one extra base hit like straight. Um, so yeah, he, he was very, very good that game. And Ildemaro Vargas um, went two for four with a, I think, was that, did he, was that a triple? Was that the game he had the triple? The only twins triple this season? Uh, no, I think he had a double game. that game. Yeah, that was another game. But overall, just a, just a bad loss in the Twins. Um, the next game, uh, Thursday, they went back at Milwaukee trying to um, – or in Minnesota, sorry, uh, trying to, you know, take the series. And they did they did just that. They took care of business very well here. Um, a 7-1 win. Uh, very, very good victory. Um, you know, that was, that was really good to see overall from the Twins. Um, it was – yeah. yeah, Barrios had his first good outing of the year, which was really, was really great good. to see. He had been struggling, and then this game, he left one hit across six innings, no runs, only one walk, and nine strikeouts. That was the dominant Barrios. We know we we know the potentials there, and it was great to see it happen because we've just been waiting for that all year. And everyone kept saying, "Is he really an ace?" And it seemed like he wasn't. And then one start doesn't make you an ace, but he got on the right track there with that game. And the lineup, we were just hitting up and down the lineup. Everyone had at least one hit except for Adrianza, and he got on with a walk. So, yeah, putting up seven um, runs, yeah. it was exactly what you're looking for in a getaway game. Yeah, and um, the one run was – this is tragic, you guys. Um, Tyler Duffy, a home run. He's Tyler Duffy mm. has let up a run. It is breaking news. Um, he's been the Twins' most reliable um, guy out of the pen since – the all-star break last year he has been amazing i think it's now that's got to be going on 40 appearances and two runs two runs in his past 40 appearances about it's got to be and then yeah romo romo and Latel um locked down in the uh, in the eighth and ninth yeah it was exactly what you're looking for to finish off a series then we went back to kansas city again see them one last time, and it did not get off to a good note. After that great performance against the Brewers, basically Kansas City did to us what we did to Milwaukee. They We threw Jake Odorizzi out there, and he looked terrible. Oh, Ended man. up leaving the game after taking a line drive to the chest. That was, that was And scary. that was bad. That was scary to see. He It turns out it's not too bad. It's just bruising, no broken ribs, but he's going to miss – a few weeks with that, and it's a big loss. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then uh, after that, Jorge Alcala came in. And Malcolm, Jorge Alcala, has he's always been like a guy in the Twins um, farm system who's been a big prospect. Um, and this last season, he pitched a little bit. I think he was pretty good. But this season, he, he's been touching 99. He could hit 100 this year. Um, he threw three innings. One hit and one walk, so two on, two guys on total. He let a, he had six strikeouts. He has, he's got strikeout stuff, definitely. His command also um, has always been an issue, but he, it seems like 
it seems like his command has been fine this year. His command has been very good. He's been a very, very solid guy. Yeah, was, you'll still see some pitches slip from him. It, he's clearly young, but he's someone that if he keeps pitching the way he has been, he's going to work his way up the pecking order to the top of the bullpen, especially with Ryder struggling. There's room at the top for someone who can strike some guys out, throw hard, and do it consistently, which he has been all year. That was great to see. The rest of the bullpen, Latell really struggled. And then Thielbar and May came in to finish it off. It was not a great game, but Ildemar Vargas looked good at the plates. It's been he was hitting really well during this stretch here, and that was nice to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that was his triple. That game might have been his triple. I can't nope, remember. Honestly, it wasn't. No, that was that was back in Milwaukee. See, or back in Minnesota. I have I cannot remember. Anyways. Um, the, next the next day, we yeah. turned it around on them, flipped the script. After they beat us 7-2, we beat them 7-2. And it was, again, exactly what you're looking for. We put up three runs in the first. Dominic had, again, maybe his worst outing of the year, but he got the win, allowed two runs over uh, five innings. Eight hits, though. He just wasn't as sharp as he usually is. That a home run it was actually a good pitch, and they just strung some hits together against him. It wasn't terrible, obviously. It's a great outing from your number two starter, but for Dobnak, it looks bad. Our hitters, yeah, there's lots of good hitting. Rosario hit a dinger, and Sano hit one, and Sano's was demolished. That thing was hit so far. I saw this one thing that he's only a second player ever to hit a baseball off the wall he hit it off of. In Kansas City, the only one was Albert Pujols in, like, his prime. He's been – oh, man, yeah. Miguel Sano, I remember after the game, there he in an interview he said, um, uh, which is this is crazy. He said that he um he didn't even square it up, like he didn't get it on the barrel. And he's like, imagine if he had, like, hits it over the wall, he would have hit it to Minnesota, man. That was it was oh my, he he hit it for like fifty eight, four forty eight, something like that. It was four fifty eight, four fifty eight, one of the longest and, home runs of the year, and, and he said not a hitter-friendly ballpark. Exactly. And he said that he didn't square it up. Like, what? The guy has so much power. He And this is really where he's, like, on a roll and people are taking notice. You know, we're no, people are starting to notice that he's on a roll. So, um, then the next day, which is today, um, the Twins uh, tried to trying to win this series, too. And they did just that. Um, it was a 5-4 to four ball game. I feel like, though, the score seems very close. And it was a pretty close game. I think, overall... It wasn't as close as the score looked, um, like, throughout the entire game. Uh, we It was another opener. We put Whistler on the mound. He went two. Smeltzer went two. Um, Smeltzer led up two runs. He looked okay. Um, and then we put in May, Poppin, Romo, Clipper, Rogers, And um, Sean Poppin led up a run over one and two-thirds. But Rogers, in my opinion, was, like, the he performed, like, overall. Like, um, Smeltzer, while, while Smeltzer gave up two runs, Taylor Rogers. As a closer, his job is to shut them guys down, just shut the offense down, one, two, three. But he's just not been able to do that, especially as of recently. I, I don't know what it is. He's got to. I think he's got to go back, um, maybe to like face some like seventh, eight, maybe even eighth inning, not very high leverage situations, um, be a more of a, you know, just not not very many high leverage situations because obviously he can't handle them. Um, all due respect, he's a great closer. Don't think he's not a good closer just because of what's happening so far. He could do bad this entire year, and he's still a good closer. It just things are not going good for him. 
But Miguel Sano, can't handle it. It's just yeah. more that he's been he's in the wrong mindset right now because he's been struggling. He's in his head. He's not he's not in the right place to shut the door on guys. And it's something where you just move him down, let him regain his confidence a little bit. And we know he's got the stuff where he'll be back eventually. Yeah, definitely. Um and man, uh Miguel Sano today, I'm just gonna just I've gotta talk about what he's been doing. Um uh, Cruz had a good game. He homered off of Ken Rosenthal, who the Twins have just been not, like their offense has been non-existent um, against him as of like this season. But like today, Rosario I think got a double off of him. No, Miguel Sano did, and then Cruz hit a moonshot out, out to straightaway center off of him on a hundred mile per hour fastball. Um, he, he had a good game. Sano went three for four. He had two doubles. It's got to be. Yep. Just the guy, Miguel Sano, the guy's just raking. He is just everything. He's just jumping on. I feel like everything that comes off his bat is just like, um, there's like an explanation point over the, the distance and the speed. You know, it seems to be like 455 with like a 115 exit below. Like the guy just mashes at the plate, especially as of recently. He looks really bad up there at the beginning of the season. And now it seems like, He's not missing those pitches in the strike zone, which I think is a really big thing, you know? Yeah, it was just what you're looking for out of the Twins to close out another winning series. We ended up 5-5 five and five against the Royals on the year, which in 10 games. After starting 0-3, you took care of business, went 5-2, and two, which is what you expect us to do. It wasn't great against the Royals, but considering we saw them a bunch and their bullpen pitched really well against us, we'll take 5-5, five and five, and right now, we're seeing it 19 and 10 atop the division. Chicago's won seven straight, and we're still two games up on them, a game and a half up on Cleveland as we go to Cleveland. So, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, again, like Malcolm, like you were just saying, um, Twins got a three game series against the Indians. Um, this is kind of like the stretch where the Twins have so many games in a row. We kind of started it like a week and a half ago, I think, just game after game after game. And um, we take on the Indians for three. Um, this is going to be a big series. And then we take on the Tigers in Detroit for four. And then um, the White Sox, Tigers, you know, it's kind of like uh, AL Central kind of kind of time for um, for Minnesota. Yeah, we got this rotation lined up well for this next series against Cleveland. We got Barrios, Maeda, and Hill. And Hill didn't look great in his last time, but in his first time, he looked good. Coming back from injury, everyone's going to be rusty. I'm excited to see him out there. And then Brios Maeda both had their best starts of the year in their last start. Or Maeda was two starts ago, but. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's overall. It was, uh, or no, it was his last start. Yeah, it was. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, but overall, it's it's been, um, it was a good week overall. The offense, the offense is, um, it's kind of been shaky with the offense, but I can't blame him. You know, Mitch Garver's out. Byron Buxton's out. D- Josh Donaldson. Malcolm, when do you think Josh Johnson's going to be back? Like, if you were to I don't actually, know. we really need him back. I actually think he's going to be back soon. Like, he's staying at home for this first part of his road trip. He wasn't traveling with the team, but I've heard he's been taking grounders, working on side to side movement. It all, everything feels fine. So, I'm going to be honest, and I don't think it's going to be this. I don't think it's going to be now, but I think he's back by the time we play Chicago in Minnesota and next week. I think yeah, that's when he comes back. I think that'll be really. Uh, that'll be good. I think. This this series is going to be big. I think we can, um, all due respect to the World Series bound Tigers, but I think we can take that one pretty swiftly. Um, and um, then you know, especially with CJ Cronaut, that is that's such a sad story. But um, we're sticking twins here. I think we can. I think the, um, if, if this next week, um, we're no doubt going seven and zero. Um, 
but uh, it'll be it'll be a it'll be a big big week, you know. I like your confidence, Max. Yeah, Thank so you. we need to talk about some injuries though. Um, a couple days ago, the Twins placed both Byron Buxton and Mitch Garver, two of our best hitters in our lineup, two of our best players overall, on the IL. Buxton apparently injured his arm sliding into home in the four three win in extras, which is really rough. I was confused. They placed him on the IL, and I didn't know what had happened. He looked fine the day before, but apparently injured the left shoulder, which he'd hurt crashing the wall last year. Apparently, it's still been bugging him this year, but he's been playing through it. So that's bad. And then Garver strains oblique. You could see it in one of his swings. He struck yeah. out and he grabbed his side, and you could just tell he was hurt. And you sort of wonder if he'd been playing through a little bit about that this year with the struggles he's had early on. That may have had some, it may have played yeah. through a little bit. Which I think. Again, you never like to see a guy get hurt, but I think that could be a good sign where it's, like, not his offense. It's just, like, playing through. That's, like, such a bad spot, too. If you're injured and you don't want to tell your manager about it, like, you want to get out of that slump and stuff. So you kind of keep going, and then, you know, it's just um, – but then I think um, I think Buxton and Garver should be back. I think maybe Garver sooner than Buxton. I'm not really too familiar. I I, I don't know. I they're think, both I think minor injuries. They're both minor injuries. And then um, – but I think the big story overall, our pitching staff has just really been fighting. Um, this is kind of an overlooked story, but Homer Bailey was just placed on the – he was already on the IL, but he just got placed on the 45-day IL. And that is really, really, really just not what we're looking for. He's out for – that's got to be the rest of the season almost, um, uh, depending if we go on the playoffs or, you know, stuff like that. But – um. Yeah, then Zach Littell, um, that was that was kind of, in my opinion, like that was the scariest injury. Whenever you see a guy clutch his elbow after he throws a pitch, that's when I, I get really worried. Um, I think I don't think it's going to be too bad. But then um, Odorizzi took a liner off the chest. Um, I don't know how long he's going to be out, but then um, today, um, yeah, Tyler I don't, I don't, Tyler took Clipper a line took drive it. off his elbow and. His pitching elbow, to, and they said the MRI doesn't look bad. There's no structural damage, but anytime you hit on your pitching elbow, it's going to really affect your throwing for a while. So Rocco says he's not going to throw for at least a few days. They'll reassess in three to four days after the Cleveland series. But that's a big loss. He's been a real consistent guy for us against batters on both sides of the plate. With Buxton and Garver, they're both minor. The Twins will obviously be playing it safe, as they did with Donaldson. They won't rush them back, especially with a team that's got one of the best records in baseball, second-best run differential. We're not really struggling, and I think we don't need to hurry them back. The move with Bailey to the 45-day, it's kind of a big deal. I feel like he's already been on the IL for like 25 days, so it only extends it two or three weeks. But it's a bad sign. He had just started throwing a few days ago, and now he's down again. It was he was being bugged when he started throwing, so that's not a good sign ever. It was just not a good week for the twins and injuries, and we've lost like a quarter of our opening day roster already is on yeah. the IL. It's um we we were we weren't necessarily um heavily injury plagued in the first couple of weeks in the, of the season, but then um, it seemed like it really really just all of a sudden kind of just at once happened, and um, you know it'll be really good. We're gonna get Pineda back. Um, very soon, and I think that'll be a really, really, really big addition. Um, you know, hoping he plays as good as he did last year. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's just about it for injuries. 
I think we're going to go into a little bit of who's hot and who is not. Yeah, so I think I'm going to go first because there's a pretty obvious first answer. And I'd like to take it. The first who's hot is a pretty clear me also know. He's been batting over 400 over the last week. He's hit an X-race in every game. He's now third in the league in doubles, and he's got five home runs, he, and every ball he hits is just a rocket. It's been really fun to watch him. When he's dialed in there, every time he comes up, you expect to see the ball go flying, and he, it has been. Yeah, Miguel Sano, by the way. That's, yeah. Um, yeah, Miguel Sano, I agree. Just, he's been, he's been on everything. Um, and then the guy, another guy I'm going to uh, go to, uh, who is also hot right now, is Jorge Alcala. Um, Jorge Alcala, man, he has looked really, really good. I don't know what it is with him. He has just been, uh, time and time again, he's shown us that he is big league ready. He can strike guys out. He can, he can really like. He came on with, um, I think it was a um, bases loaded, um, nobody out situation. He walked in a run the first guy, but then he like got out of it without letting any more runs. That's very, very impressive. You know, he's he's really um, he can be in high leverage situations. He can just overall. I think um, I'd like to see him in maybe even the closer role for the next couple of weeks. I think that'd be kind of an interesting thing. My who's hot is going to touch on someone we haven't really talked about much yet. Someone we need to talk about more. Ryan Jeffers got called up for the twins earlier this week. He made his MLB debut and he so far has five hits in 17 at bats. He's batting 273, which isn't amazing, but considering he's just making his debut, he's hit a bunch of balls really hard. In his debut, he had, a pair of RBI singles, and both were hit over 100 miles an hour. He's got he's played great defense by the plate. He's stolen a ton of strikes, especially on low breaking balls. He's really good at framing those. He's a big guy, but he gets down low. And it was fun to see him make his debut. It was too bad for him that he couldn't have his family there, but a great opportunity for him with Garver down. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's kind of been uh, – yeah, agreed. Um, and then I think for my next um, – Who's hot? This is kind of just about the most obvious. Uh, or I think I'm going to switch last minute, actually. Mm. I'm going to go to who's not. Taylor Rogers again. This guy, we really hope to get him off the who's not list. Um, he's he's just looked very, just, he's had a bunch of very rough outings. He's just about blew the save today. He's blown a couple already this season. His ERA, what's his ERA now? Markham, do you know? Do you have that? I don't it's, know. It's four point eight going into the game today. Yeah. So it's just it's very high. Um, I don't know. It was here. His it is five point two three. He's just not looking very good right now. Um, he'll have his good starts, and um, the first out of today was he looked. That was just a very good sequence. I feel like his sequence isn't terrible. Like. Overall today, I think, was just a pretty unlucky. You know, the the Royals just kind of just, you know, like Mike Alfranco on RBI single, it was, it was a very good pitch. He just went down and got it, you know? Yeah. The quality of his pitching hasn't been terrible. Guys have been picking up on it better than they did last year. And I don't know if he needs to change something, adjust something a little bit, but just or just get his confidence back. But when he's on, he's one of the best relievers in the game, and we really would like to have him there. All right, I guess I got to go with the who's not, though I want to just stay on who's hot. And there aren't a whole lot of guys who aren't. There were some guys who had bad appearances, but I can't really blame him for that. I guess I got to go with 
Rich Hill, just because he let up four runs, I don't think it's that much to be worried about. It could be a bad sign because he is 40 years old and anyone who's struggling at that point is also just worried about a little though. bit. But he's coming yeah. off an injury, so it's you're expected to struggle a little bit at that point. So Yeah, like that that was his first game after an injury. I'm not going to. But, yeah. Um, for And, man, just for my – I'm going to go who's hot and stay hot, Kenta Maeda. The his one start since our podcast, our last episode, um, almost they're perfect, almost they're a no hitter. And man, he has just been dialed in his fastball when he he's been mixing it so well this season. It's like his fastball is touching 95, you know, his fastball is just working it, you know, he'll throw these like nasty, like nasty breaking balls, um, just a, a very good mix of off speed pitches, and then he'll just go with the fastball. And he's been locating all of his pitches very well. And um, and I think if Kenta Maeda works with Ryan Jeffers, who I think is going to be one of the best framing uh, – twins framing catchers in – because he, he, he like has his butt on the ground practically. Um, I think he's going to be one of the better framing catchers in twins history. It's like he's just such a good – and I think him and Kenta Maeda together are just going to make a really good combo. Yeah, so I'm going to take one more – who's hot, I think, and go with Ildemar Vargas. The Twins' first triple year this year, he had a double, and he's hit well in a Twins uniform so far. Just put the bat on the ball well this week and played some good defense, too, after he made an error in his first appearance in Twins uniform. He dropped the ball today because he ran to Miguel Sano, which Miguel Sano's got to stop running into people. He's got a problem now. Yeah. <laughs> he but just likes, Vargas, he likes people, you know? <laughs> He just wants a hug, man. He's yeah, all on exactly. hugs. He wants a Big hug. Big man wants a hug, you know. Yeah. But Vargas has played pretty well for us. It's It was a good pickup to fill the yeah. time when Arise is knee bugging him and Donaldson's out. Yeah. And I, I think it's I think it's overall really good that we can talk about um, all of these players with such a high, like, upside. You know, like, we're talking about how um, – like, we were just saying there's not very – too many people who are not hot right now. Um, I'm going to go to one last guy who is hot, and that is Matt Whistler. He, um, the Twins over the offseason, needed, just kind of needed that extra bullpen piece. And we got Whistler, who was a okay pitcher, but we got him for practice. We got him for nothing, we, like practically nothing. Yeah. Um, we got him for like nothing, and um, we've turned him into one of the most dominant um, pitches in the game he's throwing sliders like 80 percent of the time and he's getting so many whiffs he's oh he's been so fun to watch like as an opener he's just like dominant out of the bullpen like he's a guy where he's like oh nice matt whistler's coming in you always love to hear that especially for a guy who last year had like a um uh north of five era you know yeah and it's been weird because at this point the twins bullpen i trust just about everyone where Anyone except for Taylor Rogers now who comes in, I feel like, yeah, this yeah. guy's going to get three outs the way we yeah. need him to. Like, it's funny how that works. We're coming into the year, Taylor Rogers was the pitcher in the Twins bullpen I was most confident in. At this point, everyone else I feel really confident in to get do their job, get the job done. It was, it's been really fun. I think that's about all the time we have for today. This is a fun week of Twins baseball. We're hoping we're this happy again coming off a week with Cleveland and Detroit. Um, remember, you can follow us on Instagram at Bomba underscore Breakdown. That's B-O-M-B-A underscore B-R-E-A-K-D-O-W-N. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to Bomba Breakdown.